right, boys and girls, welcome back to another episode of Cut the Shit, Get Fit. I'm your host, Rafael Majeshevsky, and today is episode 117, and I'm going to go solo. Um, what I'm going to go over today is kind of my current thoughts on my training principles and where I'm at currently when it comes to taking another human being and trying to make them feel better, lose weight, and all that fun shit. Because most recently I got my FRC certification and everything that Spina said um, kind of opened up my eyes to kind of look at things a little bit differently. And I've been having a lot of people reach out to me asking, you know, what certification should you take? Um, How do you train somebody? What education did you go through? And just my my thoughts on training people. So I thought this would be kind of a good idea. And especially for all the coaches listening and even the people who just train, like this is good information to know from the side of a coach. Because if you do hire someone, you should know these, I would call them almost prerequisites if you're going to hire someone to take care of your body. But before we get into that, I want to do some shout outs to my top three cities listening to my show. And, you know, number one, there's always been a city from California. So shout out to everyone from San Francisco for being my top number one city. Listen to the show. I have a new number two. It's Albuquerque, New Mexico. Shout out to those guys. And number three Man, I am going to butcher this name of the city. It's out in Australia. It's called Balgola. Bagaloa. I really hope I had said that right. If anyone from Australia is listening, please feel free to reach out to me and correct me because I hate, hate saying cities or people's names incorrectly and then continue saying them wrong and look like an asshole. So please, anyone from Australia, reach out and correct me. So let's get the show started and chat about my current thoughts on training somebody. So over the years, I've been really influenced by people like Gray Cook, um, Charlie Weingroff, um, Tony Gentlecore, Deaton Somerset, uh, Eric Cressy, Stu McGill, those kind of people. And, you know, they gave me a great basis of how to screen someone, know how to program for somebody, and it gave me enough information to help another individual. And as I've been going through my career, I've been always kind of looking for you know, the kind of, the, not the next thing, but something more than what I see all the time. Because, you know, you you stay in this industry long enough and it's just people regurgitating the same info with a different spin on it. And um, when I got my FRC certification, you know, Spina said, like, all the stuff that I'm going to talk about already exists. You guys know it. But he organized it into a system that makes a lot of sense for me. So I'm a po- at a point right now where, you know, I said it on my show before, I use the FMS 
along with other screening uh, techniques that I've picked up along the way, and it gave me a good basis. But now, after using the FRC system, I could almost throw out every assessment tool that I have and just use the FRC as a screening tool to figure out what the hell people are doing with their bodies. So the reason why I like the FRC, it's so simple. It's so, so simple. Um, I think the way I'm going to start this is like the first thing we learn about um, about like the hands-on stuff is something called CAR. So they're controlled articular rotations. So you can take your joints through um, articular rotations. And if you see something funky, like for example, your neck should go into forward flexion, lateral flexion, you go into extension, and you do a full nice little circle. So that should, that shit should work nice, as Spina would say. It should do that full rotation, no bumps in a row, no nothing. But you get someone to do it who sits in a desk 10 hours every single day, you see some funky shit. And you're like, okay, this is the first signs of what we need to work on. So, you know, I've been experimenting with all my clients and I've been posting it online and starting with the neck, the most common thing I see is people lifting up their shoulders to their neck to meet their head rotating. They'll start rotating their entire torso. They'll start like twitching with their eye because something's not working like it should. And you're like, okay, we got some cervical issues. This is already like the first thing that you put someone through. You could already see at least three or four things that you need to work on and maybe even, um, you know, refer out to a Cairo to help you. And this is where the FRC and manual therapists work really well is that if they understand what, you know, uh, closing pain means, you can actually chat with that other chiro or physio to kind of help your uh, client slash patient move and feel better really quickly. So that articular rotation you can do for every single joint. And what's interesting for me is when I was going through it, I realized that my left wrist compared to my right has less extension. And I was like, what the fuck? Like I, I thought I was pretty good. And when I was going through the course, I'm like, man, my hand is messed up. And Essentially, if you can't do full uh, wrist extension, doing things like push-ups is really going to torque on those joints, and over time, you're going to fuck your shit up. And I'm like, fuck, I haven't even checked all my clients' wrist extension, and I'm probably making shit worse for them by doing that. And then, you know, I went out and experimented, and a lot of my clients don't have full wrist extension to do push-ups and then on top of that, put their body weight into it. And you're like, fuck, I've been doing this for years and I'm making it worse for them. So, and going back to me with my wrist extension, for some reason, um, like I do push-ups all the time and it doesn't hurt. But if I get into a um, wrist um, stretch, for example, to go into extension, I have range. So... Actively, I don't have full extension, but passively, I do. And for those who don't know those terms, imagine if you are lying on your back and I told you to lift your leg up for a hamstring stretch. Whatever you did on by yourself is active um, 
flexibility. Now, if I stood over top of you and decided to take your foot and push it a little further, you'd probably get another 20 degrees of range in your hamstring slash hip, and that's you know passive um, flexibility. So for my wrist, the fact that I can't actively extend it to where my other wrist is means that I just don't own it. And that's the whole idea behind the FRC is that you need to own your range of motion and doing things like cars and pails and rails, which I'm going to talk about next, is going to um, fix that issue. Now, you know, learning about cars, just, you know, something really easy just to think about it, um, what it does, and this is what I really like about it, you know, it helps maintain the range of motion you have, and it'll increase the range of motion you have because, you know, it's just like learning a new skill. So if I decided to tell you to start playing hockey and you're going to be put in net, that, you know, quick snatch grab of the goalie's hand of the puck is a required skill. The first time you do it, you're not going to be great at it, but after time and time again, you're going to be quicker and more efficient on grabbing that puck when someone shoots it at you. And same thing with cars. Say with my wrist, the more um, articular rotations I put in every single day, that joint's going to move a lot better, a lot smoother, and then now I can start challenging it with things like pails and rails, which again, we're going to get into later. Now, it's also like I said, a great screen. You can see what joints do what. And also, you can also rehab it. So say I sprained my wrist and I'm like, fuck, what am I supposed to do? Most people are like, okay, I'm not going to use it. And until it starts feeling better, that's when I'm going to start using it. But, you know, that moment when that first inflammation goes down, you should be using um, your joints to send muscle signals um, to the joint that's injured to start rehabbing it. And that's the other cool thing is learning about this course, you know, one way of rehabbing your um, joints from injury is to be able to communicate with your muscle cells. So muscle cells or just cells in general in your body can communicate with things like hormones force, stress, and a host of other things if you take in cell bio in university. Now, what Spina talked about in his course is that in order for you to communicate with your muscle cells, you need to add stress or force to it. That's the way to communicate. They don't have their own brain to be like, oh, I tore the ACL, it's been repaired, now I need to lay down more connective tissue and collagen in order to keep it stable. That doesn't happen. Most people get their ACL redid and for six weeks they don't want to put any pressure on it because it's painful. But you know, right away after that first inflammation, like you should start adding movement into that knee joint to ensure that all the new muscle cells being put down and all that connective tissue and scar tissue being laid down is going to be laid down in a specific way to keep that knee stable to prevent you from tearing that shit up again. And this is where the next kind of layer of the FRC comes into play is pails and rails. So what pails and rails are is essentially just isometric contractions and isometrics to basically communicate with the neurological system and nervous system in your body. 
So the idea of, you know, isometrics and eccentrics and things like that have been around forever in the rehab game. But again, like I said, um, Spina put it into a system that makes a lot of sense. So if I were to um, gain more, you know, active range in my external rotation of my shoulder. So for those people who don't know what that means is think of putting your arm up into your side like you're going to do an overhead shoulder press. So pushing your wrist behind you is external rotation. Now a lot of people with shitty shoulders don't have any external rotation. So what you would do is say you get through a doorway, you can use a TRX or whatever have you, and with one, you're going to get into a passive stretch where you're going to feel a little stretch to your shoulder and chest, and you're just going to hold it there. And then going into a pales contraction, meaning that now I'm going to push my hand into that TRX or into that door frame for about 10 to 15 seconds. That is now me communicating with my nervous system saying, hey, dude, I want a little bit more range of motion in my shoulder. Can you give it to me? Nervous system goes... You know what? Because you're cool and doing the stretch, and I think you deserve another 10 degrees of range of motion and external rotation, I'm going to give it to you. And now you stop that contraction, you can move a little further forward, uh, for a little further forward, and you're like, oh shit, I got more external rotation. Now you're going to hold that range and get used to that range of motion. This is the steps to owning more mobility in your body. Now you're going to go into Pales contraction, meaning you're going to basically do the reverse. So now with that new range of motion, my hand is against that doorway or TRX handle or whatever you're using, and now I'm going to pull my hand off of that handle, off of that doorway. Most of the times when you're in these stretches, um, you won't even be able to move your hand. But if you're actively thinking of pushing off that's going to send a lot of good signals into that rotator cuff, uh, shoulder capsule, like everything that is supposed to give you external rotation is going to wake up and be like, shit, you want that range of motion? We are going to give it to you. Now, that is just like the second layer of stuff. Like there's stuff that you can play around with, like adding, you know, um, blocks around you you can add that there's just so much stuff that you can do with this and you know everybody says like oh i need to be more flexible oh i have shitty hips oh i have blah 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 and this whole system gives it to you and you know you can essentially do like an frc workout for an entire hour if you wanted to but you know as a coach you need the best of two worlds. I'm like, okay, clients are coming to me because they move shitty and they want to lose weight. I can't just get them stretching for an hour because they're going to be mad at me. So what I've been doing is literally I've been starting with like step one. I'm doing cars, so those controlled articular rotations with clients in their warm-up. And just doing it in their warm-up, like I'll do neck, shoulders, you know, their scapula, their T-spine, hips, and maybe I'll throw in one or two that's really specific to them, say ankles or wrists. And then from there, I'll do some actual like uh, movement training where you're doing lunges, you know, um, maybe some lateral bounds, things like that to actually get movement. So we start from really simple joint rotations to more advanced movement stuff that's going to get their heart rate up and warmed up and blah, 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 blah. 
And every client is like, man, like these car things fucking suck. And I can tell that my left hip is worse than my right. So there's a lot to it. And this is just little baby steps. And I think as I teach my clients how to do them properly, I'm going to give them some more advanced stuff. And I've been playing around with little pails and rails for um, some particular clients for rehab. And they're like, why is this shit so hard? And I'm like, because over the years, like your body is an efficient unit of machinery. The moment you sit at your desk every day for 10 hours a day in that 90 degree position, your brain goes, hey, you haven't deep squatted in a while. Because it takes a lot of energy sucking crap in your body in order for you to deep squat, we're just not we're just going to tell you that you're not allowed to do it anymore. So then when these people who've been working their 9 to 5 job of sitting, they go to the gym to get fit again and they're like, "Shit, I used to deep squat and now I can't get past 90 because my hip cramps." This is because your brain and body are efficient machines of keeping you alive. But we were all at one point able to be so flexible and so mobile that if essentially if you don't use it, you lose it. That's how this whole thing works. And that whole principle, if you've ever seen the 40-year-old virgin, that saying has been in my head this entire time. So everyone had this range of motion of touching their toes, deep squatting, you know, doing the splits and everything. You can get all that back to a certain degree. And I want my clients and patients to move better and this is why the frc kind of opened my eyes that you know you can gain that flexibility and mobility and move better if you work at it in this system and now that i have the system i'm going to implement it with all my clients and it doesn't mean that i'm like all right we're not going to deadlift anymore we're not going to get strong no i'm just adding another component that's a little bit more important in the beginning of their workouts to bulletproof their bodies so imagine if every joint in your body was moving a little bit better imagine how your workouts would feel in like three to four months from now like it's it's gonna like blow people's minds when they'll remember oh man last year when i was goblet squatting i could barely touch my bum to the bench now it's no problem it almost feels like it's too high for me fucking awesome right so i think my whole purpose of this podcast is just to kind of give you an update of how I'm training people. I want to see really good movement because I've been, you know, Grey Cook and that whole FMS system is amazing. It's a great starting point. And you get, you know, some results when you start getting people in half kneel positions, chops and lifts, chops and lifts, you know, reach, roll and lift. Let's do T-spine rotations, blah, blah, blah. You get people moving again and they move better and their brains are adapting to this new mobility stuff and awesome but then you hit a roadblock and that's what i've been at for so long i've hit a roadblock on mobility and i've always was under the impression that hey my client who is 60 years old that is hunched over because for 40 years he's been sitting at a desk his mobility is not going to improve anymore because that's all i can do now go to physio and Cairo to unlock your hips and upper body now I believe I'm able to improve their mobility even further. So I think the FRC and their system 
is where I'm going to lean towards for my training with my for my own and for my clients and patients moving forward. Um, I rambled a lot in this last 20 minutes, so I apologize, but this is the stuff that excites me and I really want to dive into more. So if anyone has any questions about it, and if you're considering of getting the um, certification yourself, like feel free to reach out to me. And for those who are just fitness enthusiasts, like hop onto my YouTube page or just go on my Facebook page. I've been posting all the cars and pails and rails and stuff, so you can actually start doing it yourself. I might even start doing some video tutorials on it, so you'll be you know set and ready to go because. You can do cars every morning, five minutes, just move. That's all you got to do. Joints feel better when you add movement. You're meant to move. So hopefully this gave you some insight to how I train, what my current thoughts are in the industry, and we're going to leave it at that. So please, 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 please share this podcast with your friends and family. Share it on Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, or whatever the fuck social media platform you're on and let's grow this thing as big as possible and I actually wanted to give you an update and still haven't done this post yet but my podcast is now averaging anywhere from 22 to 25,000 listens per month and only I think it was in the beginning of February I did that post of 10,000 listens per month and it out of nowhere it just like shot up so thank you for everyone who's been supporting me and let's get this podcast to 100,000 listens per month. With your help, I believe we can do it. Share this thing with everyone you know. And hopefully, hopefully one day, I will be doing a post very soon about 100K listens per month. That's it. If you have questions, reach out and we'll chat later.